Welcome to Power to Speak, the podcast. I'm Jackie Goddard, and it's my mission to make entrepreneurs, leaders and speakers excited about sharing their business ideas, to watch them transform from fearful to fearless in front of their audiences. Power to Speak, the podcast is aimed at those aspiring to be leaders, entrepreneurs and speakers, giving them the opportunity to learn from those that have been there, seen that and got the T-shirt. I discuss with them how they've used their creativity, curiosity and humility to create their success. My guests for this episode are digital visibility specialists and founders of Yellow Tuxedo, Emily and Alan Braithwaite, a husband and wife team who run their successful business from home and around their three young kids. They are on a mission to make growing a personal online business simple for as many people as possible. Emily and Alan are all about personal brand and they are what they teach. This is a fabulous conversation that covers everything from creativity, work-life balance and deciding what you don't want. Oh, and a world record involving loo roll holders. Enjoy. Well, good morning and welcome to Power to Speak, the podcast with my double Double whammy. I've got two guests on the screen today, which is a first for me. I have good to say. luck with that. <laughs> Thank you. So this is Emily and Alan from Yellow Tuxedo, Hello. and you guys are digital visibility specialists. Yes, yes we are. We Explain, are. please. You can go with that. I'll one. go with that. Um, okay, so. Yeah. Well, hold on. Now, I think there's two answers to this. So one, I guess I need to explain what that is and why we exist, etc., etc. Um, and that is, and I know you're going to ask us about some of this as well, but the, I'll try and, look, I'm going to try and keep the story short. Basically, we were in the wedding world with a company called Bay Lily Bell Tents, okay? And um, you're only asking what the digital business is. Well, no, I know, but I feel I need to give context to it rather than just going, we show companies how to grow online because that's just rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I do like context. Yeah. Context is always good. Oh, hold on to your hat. Hold on, Jackie. <laughs> Let's go. Right. So we were in the wedding industry. We had a company called Bay Lily Bell Tents and we were putting bell tents up for parties, weddings, etc., etc. Mobile glamping. And in the wedding world, marketing mainly is Facebook groups going book me, book me and wedding fairs. And you turn up at a wedding fair. Usually they're in the winter and we were outside weddings. So we would end up putting our bell tents up in the rain, in the garden. No one wanted to come out. We didn't get much from it. And we thought there's got to be a better way of doing this. So everything we were trying to run away from, from our old employed backgrounds, we brought back well and truly and started embracing. And long story short, we moved our marketing model online, an organic digital visibility model is what we started creating and building with Bay Lily Bell Tents. Um, at the same time, we were discussing franchising the business around the UK. Glamping was still pretty small at the time. And we thought we need to be national before any franchisees buy. So the marketing was already in place. So we totally embraced this and started to make this happen online. Then one day we sat down with our accountant, as you are, and she said, you know, no one knows, no one else knows how to do what you two are doing. And we went, well, that's really interesting because we sit here going, why is no one else doing what we're doing? And we'd sort of, we'd stopped going to wedding fairs. We'd stopped going to, you know, spamming the Facebook groups and, and everything was going great. We were growing pretty big. And, and it was at that meeting we decided to start Yellow Tuxedo. We wanted to start showing other people how to do what we were doing. But we needed a name and we didn't actually know at the time what it was we were doing. It took a good six months to kind of explore this. And we were we SEO kind of experts? Were we social media managers? Were we content creators? And we'd started doing some research and we realized we were, we were embracing all of it all of it. So we weren't SEO, social media or content creation. We were actually all of it. And and then it was like, well, hold on, what's that called? So there were loads of digital marketing agencies shooting up left, right and center a few years ago. And we're like, well, we're not a digital marketing agency because we're not really discussing paid ads. We're not, you know, we're not really doing newsletters. And what do we want to do? We want to show people how to do it. That's what we want to do. We want to show people how to do it. So we just, we, I say we coined, it wasn't like out of our heads, you know, it was based on research and looking at what other people were saying. So that's where the phrase digital visibility specialist comes from. And that's why we call ourselves that. But really, you know, it's just a title and actually it's more about 
us yellow tuxedo as a brand and what we kind yeah. of show people how to do so well i mean there is so much in there i don't know where to start um <laughs> sorry I th- well i think obviously the the bay lily bell tents became uh, you know quite a quite a sizable brand yeah. and you know it's of a, a nice size business so was yellow tuxedo didn't almost has now replaced it but it, it wasn't then it was sort of a sidearm was it It did it did so Bailey Beltance was oh, 10 years old and we closed it last year unfortunately um due to a number of factors um including Covid being a, a big factor the events industry had a as we most of us know had a huge hit uh, we were victims like everyone else in terms of oh well no interestingly Two years ago today, we're recording this, was Boris's announcement Uh, that basically wiped out 100% of our income for one year in one meeting. We we lost 100% overnight. We lost all of our future bookings. We uh, suffered the fact we we didn't receive any of the government handouts. Just through a a series of unfortunate factors in that. So we were very fortunate in the fact that Yellow Tuxedo had started before COVID. um, And it was meant to be a sidearm, kind of actually a growth strategy to kind of be our exit out of events because we we recognize we have a small family we have um three children under the age of eight uh a lot of our summers were spent in fields and dealing with events on the day and actually we wanted to spend more time with our family so it was always going to be our exit strategy um but we hadn't at that point decided that was going to be our full-time job yeah. then covid happened <laughs> boris made it happen a bit quicker boris <laughs> made it happen quicker Bless him. but Bless it was him. it was kind of we we'd started and we obviously being seasonal with weddings and events it was great it was a going to be our winter project Project that we could start to slowly just work out where it was and then that escalated very very quickly and now it's our full-time occupation and we are fully exited of the old wedding world as it is right. today do you yeah. do you miss it yeah <laughs> yeah so at times the, the bits we don't miss like now we don't work bank holidays and weekends and unfortunately our kids are at school which is the flaw in an otherwise perfect, perfect plan. life plan you know <laughs> yes. um it forces us back into the monday to friday world that we you know we we actively try and escape from but, but we do miss yeah, bits but what what we have and I, I think we said about this recently we have successfully been able to replicate elements of what we loved about Bailey in this job and what we loved about Bailey and Alan sort of touched on we had corporate jobs before we worked together as husband wife team corporate yeah well I I worked uh, for the forestry commission I worked in some large um lottery funded projects and was in terms of the marketing and the events management stuff like that Alan worked in brand training and uh culture for Carfin Warehouse so we had skill sets before that and what we when we left that world and came in to, to work together we what we wanted was not necessarily to put up tents for a living that wasn't what i was gonna say i, I was saying that's right yeah we never wanted to put up tents and we never wanted to be digital visibility no. specialists they, they they are kind of the byproduct of what we wanted in our lives what we wanted was to be able to have fun together to be able to meet new people to be able to experience and especially with the events to see parts of the country that we might not have seen before uh, to get out and just have it have an adventure and those elements that we loved about the events industry we have been able to replicate with yellow tuxedo yes we're not in a field every single weekend we're not sweating from the eyeballs in you know in the middle of the summer and that kind of stuff but we still do have the ability to meet new people in a digital way which is amazing we've never met yet i feel like we're getting to know you really really well um we still managed to dip our toe into the events world you know we're still running online events rather than sort what, of like the digital circus live oh, first crowbar in Emily. <laughs> um and we still have that adventure because we don't always know wh- where the day is going to lead us we have um opportunities there we we have new collaborations we talk about new projects so it's still exciting it's just not that formalized kind of events yeah. world that we used to be in yeah. i i always think we saw a really interesting shift in in our life on that adventure kind of part mm. emily was talking about Previous to be previous to owning our own businesses, we were always in the car, like driving about, going on holiday, going camping. We do a lot in the outdoors, sort of mountaineering and walking and stuff like that. We were always doing that. Starting our business coincided with the birth of our first child. And what we stopped was all of that. All of that stopped because we'd replicated it in our business, in Bay Lily Beltense. We were all over the place all the time. 
With Yellow Tuxedo, we found that shift change back again to wanting to go away, and now our kids are at an age. I'm not saying it's not easy to go with a baby. There's none of those sorts of things. It's just we're at that age now where the kid. I know it's a minefield, isn't it? <laughs> but the kids are kind of able to be involved more in let's yeah. go out for the weekend, and we found, we found that really interesting in our life. That shift from kind of going away to doing it for work to now going away again, and then Yellow yeah. Tuxedo supporting that. So. Yeah, I mean, I think what's really really interesting about what you are doing in in both areas in both digital and with previously with the with with bay lily is is kind of creating something that fits with you your lifestyle your personalities and and what you want out of life and i think just trying to to, to teach people how to do that yeah. let alone mm -hmm. teaching people how to do the digital stuff i mean that is that must be right write, write that down write that that's down that's also <laughs> something we impart so yeah we, we have so say, young young children and that's something that we're trying to impart in our children at this point at the ages of eight six and four and to you know i went through a very academic path i was top of my class and in, in school I did really well with GCSEs I got A levels went to university I did the very academic route and you know you go through that path and it's always so what do you want to be what are you going to be when you're older what are you going to do this and and it's really difficult to kind of pinpoint what it is you want to do especially when you're 16 or, or even younger these days and one of the things we kind of impart with Lydia Rose our eldest as well is like okay what do you want to be now what, 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 what are your interests now you know as an eight-year-old let's let's work on that and actually trying to find something that may not necessarily be pigeonholing what that job's going to do for you but what is it you want out of your life because life's really short and we've had this several times in the last few years with people we've lost and things like that actually life is really really short so what do you want to get out of it and kind of building yourself a life be it in business being your own an entrepreneur or going into a career path or whatever that looks like but building it around what you really really want so that and for us we are really fortunate. We are husband and wife, best friends, business partners together. But there are so many non-negotiables about what we want. And we've made the business, both businesses to an extent, fit around that. And, it, and yeah. it's really important to us. No, it is. It is. I think we should clarify. It's not always easy. I think we're sitting here making it sound easy. We have an, as much stress, drama, what, insert kind of feeling word here, tricky um, as the next person. But we have... Yeah, we do the school run, which is kind of our Every why, day. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But the, but that I mean that's that's amazing. I I always kind of ask. I like to ask and find out what people were wanting to be when they were nine years old, eight years old. And I think that's that's great. With with Lydia, uh, Lydia Rose, you've given her that opportunity to say, yeah. "This is what I want to do." Because I think whatever you want to do at that stage is kind of what you come back to. We kind of go off on this path and think, oh, we should be this because our parents want us to be, because society says we should. But actually, there's there's something in all of us that would make the rest of the, that wholeness. You say life is short, which it, which it is, but actually there's, at age eight, there's a huge expanse of life to sort of fill. And I, so, sorry, yeah. I think yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. this is what we have when we have two of us, we all speak over each other. But also, I mean, majority of us, who, especially anyone who's watching right now or listening right now, can you say that from the time you you you, quality, you, you left school that you've done one thing and one thing only? There are people people who have, you know, we have a, one of our best friends is a mechanic, he's been a mechanic since he was 16 and that's what he's going to do until he retires. But for majority of us, we may have chopped and changed, we may have had more than one career. We may have had yeah, a complete career break. We might have decided that actually I want to re-qualify. My uncle uh, decided at the age of 43 to go back to university and study to be a social worker. And so did my auntie to be a physiotherapist. Oh, and my brother. Yeah. And they, that, that, at what point do you say, actually, no, you have to know what you want to do at that point, um, yeah. at, you know, at that stage in life. So there's flexibility there. And again, it's, it's going back to what I just said in terms of understanding what your non-negotiables are will allow you to, to make it e that, those easier transitions as you go through various careers throughout yeah. your life. You know, I think it's really important to understand what you don't want. You know, we we didn't want to be, we don't want to be sort of, sorry, two parts here. It's really important to understand what you don't want, okay? That's really key. We never wanted to be bell temp people and SEO experts and digital visibility, but we knew what we didn't want and we knew the elements we did want if that makes sense so you may not be able to sit there and go i want to do this and i don't know many people who can actually say you know i i'm still one of these people who says i don't know what i want to do when i'm older you know i am you one did that of a careers talk the other day didn't yeah you? I, I was in i was at barton peveril college giving a careers talk and i said hi i'm alan i don't know what i want to do when i'm older <laughs> but i do know what i don't want and that's really really important and um, picking up on the bit you were talking about um what you want to be when you were when you were when you were younger 
I wanted to either be James Bond or a Radio 1 DJ. Um. Now, I know this is going to sound stupid because I've not been either of those things. You're definitely not Daniel Craig. No, I'm not Daniel Craig, (laughs) am I, darling? But I do want adventure in my life, the James Bond element, and I do want to perform and talk and do the things that a DJ does, which... We do at Yellow Tuxedo. Yeah, and Radio 1 didn't want you. And Radio 1 didn't want me, but that's another story. (laughs) Did you audition? Did you try for that? So back in around 2001, I applied for their internship. Uh, I think it was a new thing they were doing. And I also... So it's tricky because friends have said, like, look, I I know radio, local radio shows, if I can give you a foot in if you want. Um, So I've never quite seen it through, um, although had opportunity. But I did apply to be on Radio 1, and I did enter open auditions for BBC Radio Solent uh, a few years back, but didn't. They didn't want him either. Want him either. <laughs> there was well, no, no jeopardy. You're, you, you are you're carving your own path, and I think that's why why I'm one of the reasons I'm drawn to you too. And I I love what you do is that you have this kind of creativity about you, you know. And and I like to think that what I do. Although, uh, you know, a, a very serious purpose to get people to yeah. sort of show up professionally and speak clearly and deliver their message and share their ideas. But I like to think I did with some creativity, with some curiosity and fun as well. And I kind of get the feeling that's what, what you do and why you do what you do. So so tell me the, the why. Obviously, you've, you've touched on it with family and stuff. In terms of sort of creativity, what, what is it that you, you love about what you do? And the word creativity is really interesting because if you if you looked at us 10 years ago, we would have been polar opposites of what we are now. Alan's always been quite a black and white kind of analytical statistics, kind of let's you know, let's do this and make make a plan. Love and actually, as we've moved in transitioned over the last few years, Alan's probably one of those creative souls I know. He's definitely one of his top of his his skill set, really. And I uh, my um, my degree is in English and media, and I was a bit more creative at sort of during my academic time. And actually I'm now the one who ended up delivering the training and being the black and white one dealing with facts and figures. So we we have reversed roles, but absolutely. Where in terms of creativity there, one of the biggest things for us is to to kind of break the mold of what professional is and to be able to to cut. It's a bad word. Professional is a bad word. To be able to take our business and explore what that is with our clients and on social media in a way that's not necessarily a cookie cutter mold kind of this is what we have to do because this is what they've said you should do for the dawn it's the dawn of time so Mm. we were really keen for that and again alan and i are a a two-person business we we aren't, aren't any bigger than who we are what you see on screen right now so we do take in every element but what that does is it allows us that flexibility to, to together to, to work out what our plans are and what we want to do and you know we, we we have a clear plan in our year about how we want to, to show up but also that means especially with alan's creativity to an extent as well when we have an idea that sparks like the digital circus for example it kind of it snowballs really 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 quickly and i love that space because it, it makes for such interesting conversation in our household we work together in the same house we, we live together we pair it together we work together all in the same four walls but the conversation is never ever ever dull is it no it's not and i, th- I think that's one of the exciting things of owning your own business i mean i, I work for a yeah car phone warehouse and fujitsu and some other larger companies mm. And it's painfully slow, you know, trying to get something to all the stakeholders you need to speak to. And even when I understand why we need to speak to everyone, I still think this is painfully slow. And I'm, I like, I'm a bit more reactive. I like, I'm a doer, you know, I like to do things. Um, so it, it is exciting running your own company and being able to do these things quickly. The other thing about the kind of black and white and grey is... A lot of what we do and we show people how to do it is black and white. It, you know, SEO, is search engine optimization, is, a, it is fundamentally a black and white process. But what that allows you to do is embrace the grey. And, and, and I think it is this cohesive relationship, a symbiotic relationship <coughs> of these two coming together, you know, the black and white of doing it like this and embracing the grey to actually achieve something exciting. And I think that's part of what the internet, it, the excitement of the internet and digital in a broad term is for. Do you find that, and I, I think... Uh, it's around creativity again and what is the definition of creativity it is kind of having boundaries though around your creativity so you can you can spark all these ideas and you can go off at tangents and you can be exciting and fun and all of those things but if you haven't got that sort of walls around 
what it is that you're doing, then it's very, very difficult to to be a success at yes. being creative. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Alan, you've always said it as well. Alan's great at thinking outside of the box, but he really needs that box to start. I, I can't with. create the box. Yeah. If it's a blank piece of paper, I'll struggle. But if you like put a dot on it, I'd be able to take that dot and do something with it. But I, yeah. I think absolutely in terms of those boundaries and what those are, we are really f very flexible with our boundaries. But we have we've clearly defined with our with our outward presence with our business uh what our business is about what we strive for going, going into those sort of values and mission statement all that kind of stuff that we would do and we look at our posts regardless of how we put on social media whether it's a podcast or a video or an instagram post does it tick any one of those five and there's five pillars we have does it tick one of those five pillars if it does then we're okay with it yeah, and and you know we we do share quite a lot online we Adam always uses like this sliding scale of what's permissible to talk about in terms of for our business and our brand we are very much personal brand and believe in personal brand but we're also a family business and we embrace our children wholeheartedly in our business so how much do we share we share our family we share pictures of the kids we share, you know, I, I did a live video yesterday and Lydia Rose jumped in and had a chat we completely accept that and we bring her into it as much as we want we, we don't hide away from things like that but we're not a warts and all in terms of you know bank statements and how this is going and you know where is we, we don't do any of that side of things so we we think as long as it fits what we talk about and digital visibility you know is again quite a broad term there but in terms of does it allow you to stand out from the crowd uh is it a technical element of in terms of teaching and learning yes fine is it about personal brand is it about um being able to do what you want within your own bound as long as it ticks those things we are really quite okay with it and i think more people need to understand that social media to an extent as well we're told this is what you should do and a guru over there will say do this and this is the format there for this and actually it's all bs no no yes. it is and and i think social media is a great place to kind of understand that yeah. bs like if you go on instagram okay there are a lot of businesses who will be and, and solopreneurs specifically here kind of freelancers so mm. who will be on linkedin leading with personal brand because it's their personal account and having a, a whale of a time on linkedin you go and check over the, uh, their account on Instagram and the second they've moved on Instagram because it's now not their personal account on LinkedIn, they lead with the brand name. And you go down the grid and there's lots of kind of Canva created artwork and, and it's fine, right? It's never wrong, nothing's ever wrong, no. okay? It's really important to understand that. And, and you talk to them and they go, yeah, Instagram's not working for me, LinkedIn's where it's at. And you go, you do understand on LinkedIn you're leading with your personal brand, on Instagram over here you're leading with your business brand and what you're doing, you're saying that's not working for you because you're putting these Canva created artworks up and over here you're leading with who you are and your family and your person and your passions and hobbies and it's working for you why don't you do some of that over here and and the other thing is and, and we're not saying you should dominate both by the way we are believing you should be on as many as you can fit in but master one and we have a model we teach our clients um and the other thing is, you get these kind of solopreneurs, freelancers leading with this Canva created artwork with their brand name. And it's like, I know it's you. So why aren't you giving me your name anywhere? You know, why are you going, hi, Yellow Tuxedo, as an example, you know, we at Yellow Tuxedo deliver it. Why wouldn't you go, Emily and Alan at Yellow Tuxedo like to wear yellow and we're at Bishop's Wolfram Palace today doing some filming. Well, what, share, you know, and that's that hold of sliding scale piece and yeah. understanding, you know. Well, yeah, you've just, you've totally outed me there because that's exactly what I do. I do. <laughs> what, what, what's interesting, Jackie, sorry, and I, you know, we're, we're, stalkers isn't the right, well, due diligence, we like to do our due <laughs> diligence. So on LinkedIn, you put a picture up of the Digital Circus Live notebook yesterday, and that was one of your best performing posts in a while, I noticed. It and is. then I had a look, it had you in it. It had you in a candid shot. It was nothing to do with the yellow. Let's be honest. It was all about you in it. And I only went back about five or six posts. I was just kind of curious. But that was way, way out there. Your best performing post. What a surprise. It had a picture of you in it. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that. I know that every time I put a picture of me up, they are not because it's a picture of me, but just in that personal element of, yeah. you know, that personal side of stuff and um, but it's uh, I think a lot of people find it difficult I know because I I talk to people about um, sharing their stories and using mm. their story because it's their unique selling point is who they are you, there's no like you, you know you are very open with who who you are people yeah. can see that um, 
but people are very reticent about kind of sharing too much but but you kind of have led by example and and I assume that the way you do things is is the way that you then tell other people that they should be yeah, doing things. Yeah, we, we've always believed, and something we 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 understood from an early age, we, well, early age, when we were 12. <laughs> from the age of three, <laughs> we knew. Um, the, it's that we, one of our most important things when we work with clients on a one-to-one basis is that we don't tell them this is what you should do. We always meet them where they're at and we get to understand what they're comfortable with. We will always absolutely push that boundary to an extent because to be able to be different, you have to be different. You have to change. I know I said it. I got it in there. Love yes. that. Um, but you have to try and push the boundary slightly to see if anything's going to shift and change for you. So we will always do. But we do lead from, by example. And anything that you see us doing online is how we would absolutely try and encourage other people to do it. Um, in terms of our ability to show up with our video content or our podcast, if we do any podcasting or any of our any of our artwork, you'll always notice that we do our, our oh, it's got my torch, excuse me. We will do our phone use, use our phone for our videos. We don't do high end production in terms of uh, video content and things like that because what we always say to our clients is that you can get started with your smartphone and it's okay. You don't have to have high production for it to be you getting out there and starting. So all of our content is done in-house. Uh, it's not particularly polished, I would say, but it's because we want to be able to um, empathize and, and to work with our clients. So say you can get started. It is okay to do that. So yeah, we lead lead by example. And but, and- but also like the personal element as I think Jackie was yeah. talking about there. The personal element's key. Right, I think once again, this is where black and white meets gray again. Mm. So we, black and white facts, okay? People sell to people. We all crave connection. We're all going networking to meet new people and build connections, okay? So we're all trying to build connections. People sell to people. Know, like, and trust is an element of sales and all this other black and white fact. The grey is let people see who's behind the brand name. Yeah. Let people see who's behind the behind the brand. Let them see a little bit more of you. And what I find in using that LinkedIn Instagram example again, LinkedIn's giving you permission to do it because it's the accounts in your name. You know, mm. like Facebook, the accounts in your name. But because you're a business, and this is where this kind of stigma corporate world. You know, I I think one of the oh I don't like saying things that might be slightly contentious. Do it, do I think it, do one it. of the biggest challenges we have in small business micro, solo, whatever we all are world, is people leaving the corporate world and becoming coaches and telling us they're going to help us achieve what like Tesco's and sharing those corporate things with us. And it's like, I don't want you to share those corporate things with me because I'm very, very different and trying to achieve very different things to what Tesco's is trying to achieve. So let's let's repackage that and make it different. And I think that a lot of that happens where people are trying, we're all trying to get answers, okay? And we all want to know how to do more. But like I say, there's that, there's that personal, just let people see a bit more of you. It mm. will make a massive difference. Yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And I say I'm I'm not always the be- the best person <laughs> to lead by example in that way. And my, you know, my way of of putting myself out there is by doing these podcasts. And I, yeah. and I suppose a part of that is still me hiding behind <laughs> a microphone rather than you know standing out there as me and, and sharing yeah, what it is that I do. But that's absolutely fine, you know. Because so, sorry, I need to jump into digital visibility world here for a moment. Yeah. This is where the phrase. So what you're doing, you're creating content that allows people to get to know you, know, like, and trust, understand whether they like you, what you're about, and everything else. You're jumping on everyone else's audiences as well as your own audience. And then if it's optimized for SEO, then it's out there on the internet working for you. So yeah. it's an app absolutely fantastic strategy to have to have your own podcast and the fact you're creating video as well means for you you're simplifying the process because you're going to get the audio and the video that allows you to do so much more with it so yeah it's a great thing to do I would also say with you Jackie you're doing interview style so you're kind of approaching it even if you're not comfortable getting your face out there all the time which I know you are but you're handheld by other people in the room. So if yeah. you're interviewing someone, you have that two-way kind of conversation. It makes it a lot easier to do that than if you are just putting the camera on yourself and going, go, go. and you don't, yeah. don't know what to say. So actually interviews, this is perfect. Absolutely, especially if, if you're anyone out there is not so confident, get a buddy there, talk, have a conversation because people still want to hear what you've got to say. Yeah. Yes. yeah, and I did hear, I heard somewhere recently, I can't remember who said it, that you know if you're running your own business, then you should be running a podcast. 
Yeah. Whereas every, everybody kind of shies away and says, well, there's too many and everybody's got a podcast. And there why are like 800,000 podcasts. No, I wouldn't normally do this. Didn't we say that in the coffee morning you came to the other oh, week? Oh, maybe it was you. Well, maybe I, it was, I think it was us. Do you think, think, do you think about how many, how many YouTube channels there are in the world? There are billions of YouTube channels in the world. There are only around 800,000 podcasts. Now, we think it's oversaturated. It's perceived to be oversaturated because let's face it, we're all hanging out on LinkedIn and we're all absorbed around yeah. us who are doing podcasts the reality is podcasting is still teeny tiny out there and it's only just going to getting started to, to grow so there is it's, it's not about going oh everyone's doing a podcast do it because it's a great way for people to hear you and and it comes back to once again some black and white is there's seven and a half billion people in the world okay you may want 10, 20, 1,000, 100,000 clients. Mm. As a percentage of the people out there, it's minimal. But by creating content and putting it out on the internet, you're allowing an element of self-selection. And, and as Emily said, we're, we're in our peer group, like you, us, and the networks we're all in, it is saturated. But for everyone else, and, and I know this is a contradiction to the ideal client model, which we like to push the boundaries of mm. a little bit because we find it rather limiting. For everyone else, it, it's okay. They may want to hear some more content and your client can come from anywhere around the world so yeah it's it's more podcasts please more everyone. podcasts we're not ending here just taking a quick break to remind you that you are listening to power to speak the podcast with my guests yellow tuxedo and there will be more from emily and alan after we hear from our friend fellow podcaster and teller of tantalizing tales from the storytelling with puck podcast stefano capicchione The story I'll, I'll read for you. The once with three little girls. This is a dream that I think really shows how we view transformation. Dreams, emotions, empathy, connection, stories. Storytelling with Puck. Find your next tantalizing tale on your favorite podcast platform or at puckcreations.com forward slash storytelling with Puck podcast. Before we jump into the digital live, uh, the digital circus live, I just, well, okay, two things before we jump into that. <laughs> Firstly, is that the, all this talk of black, white, and gray, uh, you are just so known for the colors and for the brand <laughs> and for your colorfulness. So <laughs> the talk of black, white, and gray seems quite. Uh, yeah. irrelevant so how do the colors come into it for you and is it important brand wise for you to wear your own colors <laughs> well there, there is a whole another hour's worth of conversation right yeah. there Jackie no and we we all recognize that your brand should not just be your color palette and any branding experts be like no it's not about the colors but it is for us uh yellow tuxedo it's called yellow tuxedo for a couple of reasons and the the backstory to it like from years and years and years ago there's a story in everything in our Alan world. married me in a yellow suit it, he was never going to get married he joked to his future best man that if I ever do I'm going to wear a yellow tuxedo and be done with it and then he met me discovered he was going to get married and had no choice but to wear a yellow suit so it was I always joke it's the first wedding that I'd been to and it was nothing about the bride all about the groom um Sorry. but when it came to thinking about yellow tuxedo as a business um, it kind of really fitted because it was about the whole standing out in the crowd piece and not being afraid to be the idiot in a field wearing a yellow suit if that's what you want to do. Now, we're not saying everyone needs to stand out in a yellow suit and do that, but that could be your own version of your own yellow tuxedo. So it could be yeah, your, your tone of voice. It could be that you have a thing that you do. A it, podcast. A podcast that you're recognised for. So yellow tuxedo is about standing out for the crowd and it could be insert any other colour. So yeah, in terms of you or any other business wanting to do that, it doesn't have to be a colour, absolutely. Um, it can be your tone of voice, it could be you starting a podcast, it could be what you are known for. And for us, wearing yellow, it kind of evolved into that. And a bit like Alan likes to use the idea of Steve Jobs, he only had one outfit to ever wear and he had one thing he wore every single day because it allowed him to be creative in other spaces. For us, wearing yellow is kind of easy for us. We have a wardrobe of yellow and we just embody it. Or like I said before we started the recording, my favourite colour is green. I love green green don't tell Alan that ever but well you're um, wrong but <laughs> it's it's what we have now is that we have this bright bold fun brand and we try and be fun that's one of our KPIs there 
but people send us photographs all the time. Oh, well, Emily, I'm in Sainsbury's. I've seen a picture of this yellow lamp and I thought of you. One of our clients the other day was in Butlins on holiday and he went, I can't believe it. Yellow tuxedo's here again. And he, his kitchen was fitted in a bright yellow <laughs> kitchen. And they just think of us. And in terms of working for our brand recognition, that's gold. <laughs> well, so there, gold. There is an element of like marginal gains here, you know. So we, we talked about it literally as a business owner, you're trying to get people to undersee you, right? If you own a business, the number one thing you want is people to see you so you can sell to them. Right? That's what it boils down to. So you need anything you can do that will make you stand out that little bit more and be memorable that just fraction and if that means having some yellow there here there here uh, the the heart there yeah let's get on board with that you know so but we're not saying as emily said everyone should adopt one color because please don't adopt yellow anyone no, um, no. <laughs> other than jesse cole who is also a yellow yeah. suit man um but what marginal gain? You know, we've, um, I know we're coming to this. One of the speakers at uh, the Digital Circus Live, a lady called Lucy, owns a sock company, oh, Bear Kind. Yeah. She's got see through boots. So her boots are see through. So you exactly, you, see the socks. you can see the socks. <laughs> and it's like, I saw this picture Perfect. on social media and I'm like, that's unbelievable. But that's the sort of things we're talking about. You know, we are in a business primarily to do why we're doing it you know we want to show other people how to do what we're doing and everything else but the second reason is is making some money because that's you know if you're in a position you can do it for free then you're doing it for free otherwise you're trying to kind of live your life when yeah. earn money so yeah. then it, then you need to stand out as any way you can that's okay you know is ethically sound and if that's yeah. adopting a color Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. I mean, we both know John Aspirian, who yes. I've never seen in anything other than a turquoise polo shirt. Yes. You know, exactly. and that is that is his brand. But I do wonder whether John and whether yourselves get to five o'clock and then rush upstairs and, and put something else on. No. Well, I used to. I used I to. And I used to kind of... I've got One of my favourite snuggly jumpers is bright crimson red. And actually, you mentioned you saw it in a, in a video the other day from our old brand. Um, I wear it because it's snuggly and warm and I'm really cold. And I, But then I realised that, you know, I'm getting changed to do a video or a live or to have a meeting because every meeting we will make sure that we are on brand every without fail and if i'm not I'm like, oh! and I, I couldn't be bothered to keep getting changed every two seconds to do that and worry about how i'm less so actually my wardrobe is now pretty much yellow um but occasionally at the weekends because i might put my red snuggly jumper on back on we will put a photo out of us out and about with the kids and so i'm like that's it's, not that's it's, not right. it's a reverse standing out I mean, it so doesn't we, it yeah. doesn't feel right it doesn't feel like you know what you're doing this is really quite young i've got a blue um i did a racing the planet event a few a few years ago which um as a volunteer and they gave me a blue zip up hoodie again it's really warm and comfy and it was like blue really suits you emily oh, thanks <laughs> but and it's, yeah. it, it kind of it but then it also becomes a talking point because everyone yeah. wants to go why are you not wearing yellow why are you not wearing yellow there is, wow. there is an element of uniform to it and i wonder mm. if you, you know this from your kind of background and acting jackie of of you're getting dressed up to do yeah, the job absolutely you know and we we talk about this a lot we've got a background in scouts still loosely connected i've always worn a uniform in a, in a lot of things i've done you know as a kid i did judo you put a uniform on uh, you know uh, footballers they put a uniform on to get in the zone to go to work you know it's their team kit and and there is an element of that you know yeah. i'm getting dressed up to do the job it's it's a really good way of going okay, I'm in yellow tuxedo mode now, I'm in business yeah. mode. No, it doesn't mean I switch off when I take it off, but it is a fantastic reminder of, okay, let's go, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, oh, that's a really good analogy. I hadn't really thought about it in that way because yeah, you put on a costume and you become that character. And, yeah. and obviously that's the character that you, you need to, that's the mindset you need to be in to do that job. Yes, yeah. yeah. Perfect. So yeah. how did the two of you end up together? What, in, in life or in, in life, life. <laughs> no in life let's let's start in life first you can, I, you can tell so it. actually really quite sad going back to scouts there um because we, we were both um part of like the scadal this uh, sounds the, so the dodgy scadal. this story <laughs> um we were at a, a a big camp big sort of weekend camp for adults who were in the scout association a bit of a festival style and uh, there was a bouncy castle and i lost my mobile phone oh you're not telling where i actually first started talking to you the night before no, I lost oh, okay. my mobile phone and Alan came bouncing <laughs> over to me and said, oh, I think it's in my tent. I was like, I don't think it is, is it, Alan? And then he very smarmy. Um, and I told him to, what? Smarmy? I'll take it, I'll so take we, it. We, we met and actually it was quite interesting because we'd actually, after we met and after we got together and we were together 
well, we have been together 16 years now, um, we looked at some historic photographs of different friendship circles we were in, and there were photographs of us back to back, you know, at a bar somewhere where we'd never even met each other, not even noticed each other. And it wasn't until sort of a few years later that we kind of crossed paths and that's where we were. So we, we, we met in 2006 um, and that that's all history. But when it came to working together, um, it, well, actually it was our honeymoon. Alan um, was working for Carphone and they made a series of redundancies and Alan literally stepped off the plane and turned his mobile phone on like we all do when we get off the plane and he had a voicemail from his boss at the time going, we need to come into the office and it's like, mm, are, you, are you making me redundant? Okay, so he, he got made redundant and then swiftly after that the Forestry Commission were cutting a quite a lot of staff as well. It's when they were selling the trees off. They were selling it? the trees <laughs> and we, we had that kind of conversation at the time, do we... Um, go back in to find jobs? Do we go and find careers? Do we have a career change? Or do we decide to um, work together and try something new together? So we decided actually, we had a little bit of opportunity. We had a few months grace there in terms of Alan's gardening leave and such, or, or what comes around that. And let's let's think about it. Let's see what we want to do. And then, yeah, it kind of naturally came into what do we like? And we went through that whole process of what do we want? And having that scouting background, that whole, event, the, the um, putting tents up as kids for a free for years let's do that for a bit let's get outside get some fresh air and actually walk away from our desks that we've been in for so many years and actually kind of do something a bit more grassroots and 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 rough and mm. ready and that's how it started and then we realized and it's one of the best things we've we worked together for nearly 10 years now or over 10 years now that we have a common goal and what we want to do uh, in terms of where we want to get to you know we wouldn't we'll be on that beach in Barbados at some point it'll be lovely but we we have that kind of we, and we work together really really well we have different skill sets um which we touched on earlier but we do different parts of the business together so it always really really we, we work really really well together and to find someone that you can work together with effortlessly mm. is kind of golden and you know forget the fact that he's my husband you know we we do work as quite a good ultimate fighting team together and um yeah, that's that's where we are today. The, the, the bit I think, um, adding on to that, is we quite often get people go, oh, I couldn't work with my other half, I couldn't do that. And the bit that Emily was sort of just mentioned there is, we have an aligned goal. Yeah. And what you find when people are employed, but together as an example, one will be employed over here, the other one's employed over there. And that's taking up a lot of their time. So that's what they're trying to achieve. And then they may come together for a holiday, go, we've got, we've had an amazing holiday. Well, of course you do. You now have that aligned goal mm. again. So Emily and I have an aligned goal. So mm. working together becomes easier, you know, because yeah. we know what we're trying to, so when we argue, it's like, is this helping us achieve our goal? No. Okay, let's stop. Who's yeah. the expert in this part? You are, I am. Let's stop. You know, you yeah. choose. So. Uh... Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, just saying it like that, you can see how difficult it must be. If if you are both in corporate jobs, in corporate worlds, then you're not, there's, there, there's no, no way really of, of coming together. That's, especially if you've got kids as well, you know, to sort of yeah. try and get that time together. That's really, really it's awkward. It's tough. It is tough. Yeah. yeah. Was the mobile phone in his tent? No, we never found it again. <laughs> never found it. Some some shady scout must have st stolen it. No, don't say that. Whoa, but I would never forget. I was in so much trouble with my mum because it was. Um, we were leaving that day, and it was my brother's twenty first birthday, and it was uh, some football final, whatever. Because I'm not. Euro, was it the Euros? Two thousand and six. Euro two thousand and six. Um, I don't really know what it was, football. and it was my brother's twenty first birthday, and I was meant to be rushing home to um, help set up with a big screen in the garden for his mates to come round, and I was really, really, really late. You made um, the right choice, princess. I don't know. <laughs> my mum say that now. Never saying princess again. Could have married better, darling. Could have married better, whatever. Uh, moving on. Um, digital <laughs> Circus Live. Yes. So that's coming up very, very soon. Uh, yes. Tell us a little bit about how that came about and what, what it is. You can, can do I, that. I know. Um, it, once again, this taps into our wedding world we were in, Jackie. So as Emily mentioned earlier on, we'd sort of segued the two businesses. Yellow Tuxedo had started as this kind of winter project come exit strategy. And then two years ago today, Boris made his announcement and us and a lot of other wedding industries were absolutely kiboshed in one meet and a lots of other businesses in the yeah. world, you know, let's not beat around the bush here. And we'd gone, okay, we, we need to we need 
need to ramp up Yellow Tuxedo to replace that lost income. And, you know, we had some one-on-one -on -one kind of bespoke packages where we, we, we showed people how to do stuff. But, uh, you know, there's an element of business here. We wanted to create a subscription membership, but also we're like, well, hold on, can we help as many businesses as possible? And we want to call every, everything, you know, in, like Emily said, our, our only KPI is fun, so things need to be fun. And so we, it took a while, but we created this name, The Digital Circus. And it's all about lots of different acts coming together to achieve something great. And so about six months into Yellow Tuxedo, two years roughly ago today, we created this membership called The Digital Circus, where we showed as many businesses as possible how to grow their businesses online. That was really important because you had the likes of you know, plumbers, beauticians, uh, musicians, lots of different industries, but with the same challenge to facing because they, they couldn't do their maybe their, their standard job they couldn't be face to face with people but they had to suddenly move on move online now being online for a lot of people that skill set isn't there they didn't know how to start with that it's quite daunting it's quite scary to go oh actually I, I need to shift this up so it was it was designed for lots of different eclectic mix of people there sorry um eclectic mix of people there to kind of help them understand what to do in a short space of time yeah. as well and we, and we wanted it and this is really important to us we wanted it to be accessible so that membership's like 20 pounds a month okay and still is and we don't plan for it to ever go up you know we say that but that's, that's the plan um and because we've got a background in events and because we'd started a membership we we always had this idea for like an annual kind of circus um and before kind of lockdown well when we thought lockdown was going to be two weeks till easter we had this <laughs> idea of a big top in a field where we would try and minimize professional business but have circus acts as I we were talking about we may well one day uh, you can be Anne from the greatest show oh, I doubt that she's um, you know so we, we always thought we were going to do something like this and then it lasted way longer than any of us thought but we still had an itch to scratch we wanted to start this virtual event oh sorry we decided to start this virtual event and that's where the digital circus live came from and we wanted it to be and it is is a celebration of digital visibility, business growth and opportunity. Because we are huge believers in, but if you choose to embrace the digital way to grow your business, then there are fantastic opportunities. And they're not just new revenue streams and monetization. Some of them are chatting to people like you, Jackie, and meeting you. Because if it wasn't for the move to digital, we would probably have never met. You know, we may have done, very, very unlikely. But, um, you know, and loads more people as well we've met because we've moved on Line, as well as new revenue streams, blah, 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 and all the businessy stuff that supports it. So we wanted to do that. And something we like to do in Yellow Tuxedo, we like to try and push the boundaries just a little bit if we can, and or, or show a different route is probably a better example, isn't it? A different way of achieving something. And we were in a very Zoom-orientated world at the time. So we went, well, well hold on. Zoom's very limiting if we want to try and create a festival vibe, a circus vibe. And we discovered this platform called Hopin, H-O-P-I-N, that basically changes the direction of, of kind of use. You know, in Zoom, you do what the host wants you to do. You listen to what the host wants you to listen to. Hopin allows you to choose. And this was really important to us. So that allowed us to have a main stage with inspiring keynote speakers, you know, workshops where you can learn and be taught how to grow your business online, an expo tent where there's lots of booths of businesses you can go and chat about collaborations with, and then a speed networking area where you can literally network all day if you choose to. And Hopin allows us to do all of that in one place. And, and as always, the digital circus is accessible is the polite way of saying slightly cheaper and budget, isn't it? <laughs> is that the, the digital circus is our accessible brand, so we, all, we wanted to remain that. So, you know, it's £49. That's the Digital Circus Live. And it's a fantastic day out. And I'm sorry for putting my hand in front of your face. <laughs> last, last year was our first um, Digital Circus. It was on the, I think, 18th of May last year. And it was our first trial of it. And honestly, it, it, we didn't know what to expect. And it was, it was natural to us to go back into events. And again, that those kind of what we need and what we like, that was scratching an itch for us. But it really was proof in the pudding that you can have really good fun and connection and, and enjoy an event like that in a digital space. And people came away from it. And some of the comments last year were, it felt like I've been at a conference center all day. I could smell the big top from my living room, those kind of things. And we just wanted to emulate that again. So we are running it again this year. And it's bigger and better than, and we're looking at to, to grow and grow year on year really. But we really, really, really are proud of it. We've, we've, we've worked hard on it to be, again, allowing 
as many different types of business as possible who still have the same challenges day on day in day out to really explore that and and to meet some new people and to learn something new on the yeah. day as well. I, I find I understand niching down as a phrase. Okay, I absolutely get it. I understand find your tribe. I understand all of that. But I think sometimes the knock-on is the silo effect, okay? Mm. So mm. when we transition from the wedding world to what, for the sake of this, I'm going to call Hampshire small business world, like, it's very siloed. You know, wedding sits over here. And then in the wedding world, when you think you know everyone, you turn out the biggest supplier in the county lives next door and you've never met them before, for <laughs> example, you know. So there's silos within silos and yeah. and and... and I don't know. I'm a big believer in bringing the world together and all these other kind of nice things. So that that, that wanting to try and create something that helped and helped, I don't know if helps the right word, but it will do for the moment, helped as many people in as many different silos and industries and markets as possible was something. And I'm sure there's a business coach somewhere going, no, you need to niche down. You know, I get that. That's fine. But for the moment... We love it. We love it. Yeah, you know. yeah. And, and the reason I'm coming, and obviously I have my... I have Yay! my ticket, my golden yes. ticket. Yay. I'm very Love excited it. about that. Uh, that will go on LinkedIn eventually Good. and will outdo the one I put on yesterday. <laughs> um, but in terms of it, it, the reason I'm going and the reason I was like couldn't wait was because I heard such good things from last year. And I don't understand hopping at all. I think I've done one conference thing that I just I, I came away in the end because I, I couldn't get it I don't know if it was hopping or not but I didn't get it um, so I'm looking forward to playing with that because I like doing events as well I mean it might be yeah. something that you know I like sort of finding out how other people Brilliant. are presenting and planning things and doing events with what they do so I'm really looking forward to that talk us through very very quickly because you've got I mean have you got more speakers this year than we've you did last we, year because there's lots actually, there we've removed a speaker. we now have 15 sessions on um we last year we had 16 but mainly because this year we are being sponsored by only networking and within that day, we realised that we could spend an entire week on this with as many speakers as possible. But actually, we wanted in within the day, the speed networking area is open all day, but we're going to have a designated time in the afternoon to have a gigantic speed networking session. So we've taken out a speaker to allow us to have a group um, networking session as well to change it. But Just to explain how that works, because it is very cool. Actually, I've got a short to put up. I might put it up yeah. after this. Um, basically, you down the left-hand side is the main stage, workshops, expo tent, and networking. And you click on it, and it says, share audio video, and it says, we'll connect you with someone random soon. So whoever is in the networking zone, basically you are randomly connected to, and I think we've upped it to five minutes, so it's not super speed. Um, you get five minutes to have a chat, you have a button to kind of send your LinkedIn details to each other, you can extend it send if it you're really enjoying it, and then or you finish after five minutes, and then it says ready to connect to the next person. So we want everyone who's there in this place at once, and we're just all gonna enjoy kind of half an hour of chatting to as many people as we can. I mean, I'll show that again, because yeah. there's oh, yeah, certainly- that, a... The question was about meet the speakers. Actually, yeah. we missed out Danielle of this picture, because Danielle joined us later. But we have, uh, going for it, so Danielle's not in this picture. Danielle Bays is from Videos Undifficulted. She is doing two sessions for us. She's doing a main stage and a workshop for us. Her workshop's about Canva video, getting started with Canva video, if you're not very technical. And she is also talking about the fact that she has successfully, I don't know how many people want to do, cracked TikTok. And as, as a business, a B2B kind of business, She's she's um, going to share her sort of how she's using yeah, two TikTok. years and four attempts. Yeah. We can't do this much on no, no, everyone. No. We but haven't we, got enough but time. We, but within here, we've got. I'm going to go. Through, we've got. Uh, uh, online course creation we've got creating a global business we've got audience building podcasting we've got sales sales we've got uh passive income streams uh mailer light we've got martin from mailer light to work email marketing we've got confidence we've got um proving your brand story we've got audience on a budget so there's so many different things and the great thing with this is that there's something in it for anybody so even if you know you take one session from the day that is relevant to you you learn one thing it's going to be definitely time well spent on there and the sessions are going to be running side by side so there'll always be two sessions at once by once so you can pick which one fits you best because if podcasting isn't for you go and watch something else for the day. If you want to watch both, we, everything's gonna be available on replay afterwards. So it's, it's just a great way of you kind of sculpting and shaping your day to fit what you need as a business or a brand as well. Excellent, and they can, and, and people can come and find that on uh, on your website or directly to here. 
Yes. You can go to www.digitalcircus.live. You can go straight there to see all of our speakers, all of the schedule for the day. And, and get a ticket. Come and join in. We really... Honestly, I said this on a live yesterday. We... Um, we get the notification when someone buys a ticket and literally I, I don't it comes up on my phone and I say oh someone's bought a ticket Alan and I, but I can't see who it is Alan has the hopping list and he goes oh it's Jackie and I'm like yeah <laughs> and we literally do a happy because what we what we're saying when that happens is well, we can see the guest list building and we can see all the people who are basically trusting us for, with their day with their time for the day to have a really really good time and a really worthwhile time as well so we're seeing the guest list building for, who's going to bring their golden tickets, you know, and get the front row seat to all the action. And it's really damn exciting. I'm really there's excited a, to see everyone. Yeah, there's a few bits that are super exciting. There's the people we know in our audience, in our community, who came last year and have come this year, but we haven't heard anything from yeah. them in between. Like, they're, they're not regular clients or anything like that. They're just kind of names on Instagram who we chat to, for example. And they were, like, kind of one of the first of us. And we're like, oh, that's really interesting, you know, following these things. Um, the other bit that I think is so important, this is a one-day virtual event, okay? That is a lot of time for a small business owner, micropreneur, whatever what you are, to kind of give to this event. Even when we say you're going to leave inspired, kind of increase your knowledge, network, you know, all of that, it's still a lot of time. That's one of the other reasons we're using Hopin over Zoom. You know, in Hopin, you choose if you need to exit and go and answer the door or go on a quick call for 30 minutes or do a quick bit of client work. Hopin allows you to go out, hop in and hop out. It allows you to go out and go back in. You know, it's that's one of the reasons we've did it. We've done it, did it. I can't hang around the kids too much. We've done it to be like that. So you can pop out if you need to pop out, you know. Yeah. Have you just realised that hop in is hop in and hop out? Um, not right now, but very <laughs> recently, yes. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. And I, what do you, you. what do you think is going to be the the big takeaway of the day? Oh, the big takeaway is do, do you know what? it's the embracing the opportunities, especially with the um, our main stage speakers. I mean, the, the learning zone is incredible, and there's so much there. And the, the great thing is they're half hour snackable pits. It's not like we're there for three hours on a subject and it's quite a lot to learn. There will be an actual takeaway from every single workshop. But what I'm really, really keen, and Alan and, will, Alan and I will fight over who gets to watch them, yeah. is the 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 learning, uh, the learn, the, so the inspiration zone, the main stage speakers. We could have had the likes of dragons and Deborah Mead and that kind of stuff, but we, we didn't want that. You know, we we wanted to have tangible businesses like 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 us who are doing it for themselves and have taken the opportunity to grow their business in a different direction. And like uh, Kelly and James from Only, you know, they're a global business now. They are in Only New York. We've got uh, Lucy who is sells sells socks, but she is literally honestly, if she's on under on the Forbes under thirty this year, I'm, I'm, she's incredible. We've got um, Al Fawcett and his his story about the gift of story. He talks to some incredible people on his podcast, like worldwide. And it's about these that if you don't embrace digital and you're not even, it's not even tinkering in the background in your head then actually you're missing a massive opportunity yeah. and i think what i want sorry sorry, no, sorry what i want businesses who arrive on the day is to feel that actually we're we are all on the same page we are still here but if it's about taking those opportunities and trying something new and if it doesn't work you've not lost anything but inspiring yourself to go right i'm invigorated i'm invigorated i'm going to try something new maybe just one thing from that day like i said earlier one thing is enough to act on your business to make a massive change. But, but it comes like full circle. It's almost like we planned it. It comes back to that black and white stuff, Jackie, you know, about we're running a business. We're trying to connect with people. We want to grow. We want to make sales and all these other things. So what are you going to do tomorrow that was different from today to achieve something you've never achieved before? And coming to something like the Digital Circus Live, we hope we might help give you that answer. Um, actually, I need to jump in again. Like Al Fawcett is a fascinating one because he was a coach who had a podcast and has almost or started a podcast kind of for the same reason lots of businesses do, but has almost now shifted into I'm a podcaster who also does a bit of coaching, yeah. you know, and, and, and it's been fat. We've known him for nearly a decade now. Mm. And, but watching that shift, that change has been absolutely fascinating. And that's why we've got him on the main stage to kind yeah. of share that with everyone. Really? 
Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. And um, before I let you go, I just want to know a little bit more about your world record. Alan. Oh, Jackie. <laughs> yes. Jackie, Jackie. Come of on, all the things. Get it in there. I need to go and answer the door. Can I go? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's about me, Emily. Um, I'll try and do the slightly abridged vote. Right. So I, I literally, when I have the brain capacity, and that's very important, like you've got to have the time, the brain capacity, I, I literally think what can I do that's going to be a bit more fun and and I'm very motivated about what am I going to be thinking about when I'm on my deathbed like I'm never going to go oh I'm so pleased I hoovered the stairs I'm just never going to say that but I am going to say things like oh I set a world record and that really I'm glad I did that for myself and, and my family I'm dragging them along yeah on the we ride. all loved it yeah um so this one started where uh, I I used to collect toilet roll tubes when I, when I was on the lavatory sorry to be slightly graphic and and I got fed up binning them so this collection started mounting in in my loo I was in a shared house with some people and it and they were like what are you doing I was like well I just can't bin them I'll, I'll do something I just haven't decided what yet and at the time I'd been looking to set a world record for the loudest clap because as long story, I've got a really loud clap and I checked it once on a decibel <laughs> meter and I was going to do this and I never got round to it Thank you know God. you know um, and then I thought, well, why didn't I set a world record with these loo roll uh, tubes? Because who doesn't, deep down, who doesn't want to have a world record in their in their story repertoire? Um, so I contacted them and said, what can I do? Longest loo roll chain. And they said, no, it doesn't exist, but you can set that if you wish. So that's it. Full scale kind of attack. Um, you know, come on, everyone, collect your loo roll chain. And people were turning up with bin bags full of loo roll tubes for me, which in hindsight, now I'm old, is a bit minging. But at the time, you know, <laughs> was like let's go so then I had bags and bags and bags of these loo roll tubes everywhere and then one day you know so you, you, that program is it hoarders when you go into oh, it the was house, like that. just yeah yeah, yeah. No, it was like that exactly yeah. what I've got in my head yeah yeah, yeah sorry that in, like I say in retrospect it's quite kind of gopping um <laughs> so then it was sat there one day and threaded all of these was it 939 that, oh, it's, got, got it's there it's right there it's, Nine, it's in the office on the shelf over there. 939 that was the 939th i kept it and threaded them all on a piece of string it took quite a while and then we've got pictures of me with them all draped around my neck and everything else and i set this world record and do you know what i'm gonna say this it felt really good setting up. And then he record. sold his story to Take a Break magazine. I, I, did, I did. Well, I did. So as part of setting a world record, you have to like get like independent reports. You have to try and get media coverage, and you have to get photos. They, you know, they need to know you legit did it. So I can't remember how the kind of media coverage happened. I can't really remember. Um, but I did. I got like I was in some random newspaper in Canada. The Metro did an article, and then Take a Break rang me <coughs> up and said, "Can we buy your?" story for a couple of hundred quid I'm like of course you can you know I can, I can imagine journalists seeking you out I mean the mad man with the uh, you know a room full of toilet rolls holders yeah, yeah. Well, it I was mean, just but pr pr when was this 2007 it was before we were married yeah. um but proof again though of creating content for content's sake you know it, it was something he's he started but actually the story that came out of it and the Press coverage afterwards is a prime example of now what we teach with Digital Circus. Still well. talking and about it 15 years later. Yeah. 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 Thanks no, for bringing yeah, it up, Jackie. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you for bringing it so definitely back to what, what it is that you do in the business, Thanks. which I Thanks. think is brilliant. So just quickly, quickly, Emily, what's your story then in terms of uh, what, what's your world record? I have what well, dealing with Adam Braithwaite for so many years probably my <laughs> I think I've done loads of fun things. I've done loads of fun Who things. Are you trying to convince? I know. Right. But you have, you have, sorry. The thing is, I I think I've done some awesome things over the years, but they will never match the Adam Braithwaite. And he's just so random and so, so sorry, I, I think Emily's doing herself a disservice here, darling. What about the time you went to Madagascar and entered a oh, six yeah. day ultra marathon? I, I entered an ultra marathon and I flew out to Madagascar on Lydia Rose's first birthday. So I had proper mummy guilt on that day, uh, going, Oh my goodness, I'm missing my daughter's first birthday. Um but I ran, yeah, seven days. I did two hundred and fifty kilometres across Madagascar. Um Hurt, hurt a lot, a lot. Um, but I really go into bed, what we want to inspire our kids to do and, and kind of bring it back to the kids. I wanted, sort of, you get all the mums going, oh, I never leave my daughter. Um, I wanted to be able to inspire her to say, actually, if I want to do something, I can go and do it and I don't have to worry about what other people think and to try new things. And I'm not a runner by any means. Alan's the runner. Um, but I did it. So that, that was pretty my, mm, my exciting amazing. story. I went to Madagascar and ran 250 kilometres. Mm. Did you stay overnight? <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I, I saw the characters from the film as well. On the beach. <laughs> no, you do. You, that you stay in a tent every night, don't yeah. you? I thought that was a genuine question. By well, the way. that was. <laughs> oh right, I thought it was a genuine. I kind of guessed she stayed overnight. I didn't think she'd sort of gone and run it and come come back the same day. But but yeah. I think that's amazing. I have to say, though, because I did find this and I didn't mention it before we we started the recording, but I did find uh, a YouTube video of the two of you chatting about a trade fair and the fact that you took your son for his first birthday to yeah. a trade fair. The oh, showman show. Oh, and I love you, the showman show. You thought that was incredibly exciting for but him. Do you know what? When they're that old, they, they have no <laughs> idea, do they? And actually, we're, we're, back in the events world, they were great. And, and it was the showman show we went to. And actually, there were clowns. There were big bubble machines. There was a, di- a walking... Well, the camels. Uh, anim- and... There's camels. There's animatronic dinosaurs. Actually, it was like going to a theme park wow. for the day. It was brilliant. He had no idea. I haven't been to the showman show post-COVID, but pre-COVID, the showman show at uh, Newbury Showground, late October, was an amazing yeah. day out. Like, honestly, it was he, our treat to that. ourselves. That's what our baby wanted. Yeah. <laughs> but he did. He got put in a bubble. We've got pictures of Ben in a bubble. Was it Joe's first birthday or Ben's first birthday? They all merge into one, don't they? They all merge into one. But we even got them. You know what these trade shows are like. You print out your badges and everything else. We even got him a little badge. So he had his own, like, name badge for the show and everything. And, uh, yeah, why not? It's a great yeah. day out. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, thank you so much for being fantastic guests. Let me just put up the, uh, that's the, that's the website, Yellow Tuxedo website. And where's, where's the best place to connect with you you can connect with us anywhere instagram Instagram is our favorite we're always on instagram and we always smile makes a smile but we are all over the place linkedin facebook at at yellow tuxedo so anywhere you want to find us we're there but we were most active on instagram fabulous fabulous well thank you so much for your time today and good luck and yeah really looking forward to the digital circus live so if anybody out there hasn't got a ticket Go get your ticket right now. Yes. There's not not much time left, so go for mm-hmm. it. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, Jackie. Bye. Thanks to Emily and Alan for sharing their story and personal brand with us. Takeaways from our conversation for me is to show more me, to make my brand more personal and not to hide behind my Canva artwork. Plus, deciding what you don't want is just as important as finding out what you do. You can connect with Emily and Alan on LinkedIn and through the Yellow Tuxedo website, www.yellowtuxedo.co.uk. And remember, check out some tantalising tales and magical moments from Storytelling with Puck. Find them where you find your favourite podcasts or head over to puckcreations.com forward slash Storytelling with Puck podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, then please leave a five-star review on whichever platform you're on. And if you'd like to receive information about future guests or would like to know more about Power to Speak coaching, then sign up for our fortnightly newsletter at powertospeak.co.uk. Bye for now.